we're going to deliver a, a big benefit to the entire company. And I said, oh, wow, that's great. What will that benefit be? And they're like, well, performance will be much better. And how will you demonstrate that? What do you mean? How will you prove that performance will be better? And then they started, oh, well, we could ping a server or a device in different locations. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. What are the roles and responsibilities of the director, VP of IT? Also, the role has changed substantially with cloud technologies. Additionally, each industry may have different expectations from the director or VP of IT role. So are IT directors or VP responsible for managing the help desk or infrastructure? Or would their responsibility be primarily to manage business systems? So which are the KPIs they need to measure to manage their function? In today's episode, we invited a panel of cross-functional experts for a live interview on LinkedIn who brings significant expertise to discuss the top KPIs for director or VP of IT. We discussed how the VP of IT role differs from other roles present in an IT organization and how that could drive their KPIs. We also discussed the top KPIs for the VP of IT role and what companies need to know to create the right metrics that will drive their adoption and compliance within the organization. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you're joining for the first time, this is uh, part of our uh, digital transformation series for each, uh, every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Not every now. We are not meeting as often as we used to, but we are meeting a lot of uh, Thursdays. Uh, so... This year, we have been talking about a lot of different KPIs for today. We have a very uh, interesting role. It's uh, VP Director of IT, and that should be the role that should be doing uh, ERP commerce implementations. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. Uh, I am going to start with my intro. If you still don't know me, Sam Gupta, Principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent uh, ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. On that note, I am going to move to my friend Chris for his intro. Hi, thanks, Sam. Chris Giardini, uh, president and owner of Turnkey Technologies. Just starting our 30th year, so seen a lot, done a lot, a lot of ERP, a lot of CRM, a lot of IT, so I look forward to the conversation. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, uh, Chris Cristiano. I guess we are going to have a little problem here, I guess, today. Tom, do you want to go next? Sure. Thanks, Sam, and greetings, Chris and Chris, and I'll leave the problem to you, Sam, to distinguish that for us all going forward. But um, my name is Tom Rodden. I am a longtime IT specialist, uh, five-year CIO over at Varian Medical Systems until recently. Um, we were acquired, and I became a consultant. I'm doing large-scale ERP consulting work, uh, and I'm delighted to be here to talk about 
my old ballpark of IT KPIs. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Tom. And um, Chris and Chris, today it's going to get real technical, okay, in understanding different roles and their KPIs. So obviously, Tom has built a lot of different IT organizations. So, you know, uh, we are going to discuss that. But uh, uh, Christina, do you want to go next for your intro? Yes, thank you, Sam. And it's so great to be with your uh, your audience and and of course, your other panelists today. Um, Chris Harrington, I am the CEO of Gen Alpha Technologies. I can definitely tell you that I come from a business background and technology was not the thing that I studied, nor was it really even the thing that I would fall into, uh, you know, today leading a technology company. But certainly I work with um, our CTO here at Gen Alpha Technologies and we establish uh, the metrics that are certainly important for our business, but then we also work alongside all of our manufacturing customers and their IT uh, leaders. So hopefully I can add a lot of value to this uh, conversation today. It's great to be here. Thanks. And today we are going to make sure, uh, Christina, that you fall in love with technology. Okay. We'll, we'll make sure that. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's start, uh, you know, with the conversation. And uh, Christina, obviously I'm going to start with you. So here, uh, you know, when I, I guess, you know, you all need to help me here. Uh, overall with the role alignment and um, director of IT could mean a lot of different things. Uh, sometimes people simply pretend that they are director of IT when they might be just developers. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's always a possibility. But I mean, obviously we are looking at the roles and responsibilities of when we call somebody director or VP, um, what that means for an organization. Obviously it depends upon the industry size of the organization, it's always going to differ. But overall, let's first define the role, okay, is VP uh, exactly in director. Go ahead, go ahead, Christian. Yeah, it's interesting as you look at, and you're right, by industry, by size of the org, that role varies. And again, you don't always get a vice president in a small business. In a small business, you may hear IT manager. But as you move up into the segment size, right, the director level. And I think, and even the vice president now, you're, you're thinking, okay, we're at a level at a size of a corporation where there's probably sub-IT and, but so, again, as you look at that role, um, macro, middle, and again, how low in the minutia. And I think as you hear vice president, typically I'm not going to expect a network administrator to have climbed up and become the vice president because, you know, the relevance of, you know, that, that where they come from in terms of their skills orientation. And you mentioned that. Are you an application person? Are you an infrastructure? And if you rise into management, it can influence, you know, your biases or preferences or really where do you have deep subject matter expertise and real experiences to make decisions. So again, at the vice president letter, decision making, right? We're, we're making decisions for a corporation. And, and again, at that level, I got a guy that's dealing with my hardware and my workstations and my clients. But so if you think about the visibility and, and then you start talking about constituents at that level. And again, by industry, again, I talked to a, an IT director in an advisory services firm today, and it's very interesting because he has client-focused activities as well as internal activities. So constituents, am I internal constituents? Do I have internal and external constituents? So back to defining domains, right? What does this guy have to be responsible? So again, internally, uh, infrastructure, right? Servers, applications, what's running the business? And then you got end user experience. Okay, that's a whole other category. And within there, you've got devices and policies and BYOD and security policies and, and support and service as you service that constituency. So there's a whole set of stuff to measure. Well, how am I doing with my audience? I got 5,000 employees. The, the revenue that those people probably generate is is monumental. So if you zero in on one constituency, not the external right now, but that internal one, and we say, okay, 
how, what's their what's their user experience in the organization? Is that coming off of a satisfaction rating? Oh, love IT. Again, five thousand users. You know, again, desktops, equipment, obsolescence, maintenance. Hey, I'm having, and I get it. We're a small org. Well, my video, my camera doesn't work, and I'm like, guys, buy better equipment so we have less IT. So you you measure in that capacity. I'm measuring. Well, how many tickets? Holy cow. Am I, what are the reason codes on those tickets? Is there, a, is there a trend to mitigate that reason code? I mean, there's a great metric on how do I make my life better by managing and proactively reducing drama, trauma. What about learn? And so again, in the still constituency, learning management. If you're IT, how do you, how do you mitigate support requests by driving learning management out? Everybody thinks, really, IT should be talking about learning management? Well, again, if I'm running, if I own the support desk somewhere in my org, right? Because if I'm a vice president, I've got an org. Right. Not just the guy that's fixing the PCs, but I got somebody that's doing help desk. New use. Right. Oh, I can't. My login doesn't work. My password expired. I can't do this. I can't do that. Again, we're talking in that internal domain. So but um, again, so service and support for the internal constituencies cases. Right now, how many support cases? We said just volume. What's the volume by reason code? Is there any trending to, to squash those down? And then you start drilling in on that on, again, the employee experience, right? not customer. What's my response time? How quick am I resolving? You know, again, maybe you're looking at your effectiveness by worker that's on your team to resolve those cases. So now you're a little bit lower, but certainly, um, you know, we mentioned satisfaction of your users, surveying them. Am I doing a good job? What would you do different? Again, those are interesting metrics. And again, if I've got 5,000 people that I have to manage, it's a big, it's a big deal. Um, Response times, uh, resolution times, just a a few other examples. I think it's a big space. Capital, capital, replacement, equipment. I mean, you think about just all those different aspects of them. I'll stop much. Yeah. So very interesting commentary there. And I'm going to touch on some of those and then probably even follow up uh, with more commentary. And I like the way you have sort of bundled uh, the KPIs in your commentary as well, so that we are not only talking about the organizational structure, but we are also talking about one of the points that I want to touch, which we were exchanging emails with Tom and Tom was also sort of wanted to know, okay, how do you sort of differ between CIO and VP? And you mentioned that VP is decision making. Most people, when they are going to think that, okay, uh, you know, CIO is probably going to be decision. So what level of decisions VP is making? And obviously they are going to have some sort of KPIs that they are going to be using. So the KPIs for CIO are going to be slightly different than KPIs for VP and director. And then you mentioned IT managers as well, right? They are going to be sure. doing different things, different KPIs. So let's take this I follow up with the question that, okay, how would you segment the roles and responsibilities, especially between your CIO versus VP and director? And yeah. how are their KPIs going to differ? And I, you know, to, to slice the roles right that, do I have both? Do I have a CIO and a VP over IT? I don't know. Again, you look at the org yeah. size again, you know, and so you're throwing that out. I'm like, I don't know that I have both of them or I have a conflict. So again, what segment? Is there a VP? Who works for who? CIO is a chief information officer, is a vice president's officer too. Are we peers? Are we? So again, I, I, you know, but interesting point in the chief information officer. And again, you mentioned ERP and platform and applications. We didn't talk about the application space in terms of, what are the metrics that surround that? We just talked about end user constituency. So, and I don't know the VP in a corporation, CIO. Again, I don't know if both roles exist. Have we seen those examples? I mean, you guys might. Tom maybe will help. He came from a bigger shop. Yeah, depending upon the size of the organization, I guess you know, depending upon how many people are managing. In general, let's say if you are going to have five thousand people in the IT organization, uh, you know, a CIO can never manage alone. So that's where they need to have. Well, that's what I mentioned. It's a, it's a hierarchical, decentralized model. So even in the application space, I got an ERP guy 
that works two layers down from me. Now, who's he report to? And they report to me. And so, again, I guess it depends on what level of hands-on we have versus I'm all paper and I'm all metrics and I'm just telling everybody what to do, but I don't do anything versus that next level where I actually do some stuff and I manage metrics and I manage a team. So I think as you move down, you've got people that have a more hands-on percentage of role versus as we move up, it's more decision-making and manipulating others and directing others, frankly. Amazing insight there. Thank you so much, Chris. So that's the Tom. I'm coming over to you, and I'm going to offer some commentary based on whatever Chris uh, has mentioned so far, and then you can follow up with your comments. And typically, you know, when I'm talking to a lot of people, um, CIOs, uh, and obviously, you know, VP director, they all come from very different backgrounds. And sometimes when I ask them, okay, okay, you are VP, okay, how many people are reporting to you? And, you know, I'm one person organization inside IT and you're still VP. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know where you sort of draw the line between, you know, who's VP and what are going to be the responsibilities. The other point that Chris mentioned overall, uh, you know, the IT organization, I mean, it's, it's very, very, very broad in, in general. And most people struggle to understand, especially if you are going to go for industrial jobs, they have very little maturity overall in terms of IT manufacturer, distributor, retailers, they don't understand how IT works. For them, it's going to be just the IT guy. Maybe they have IT manager, just one person. But for the most part, I think one point that Chris had mentioned about the subject matter expertise. Inside IT organization, every single person, you have very different expertise. The, the people who come from the infrastructure background, for them, let's say if you ask them for ERP implementation, I'm not too sure if they have the real background, the insight to be able to handle that. So the subject matter expertise and the background matters a lot. So that is just the commentary. But I mean, uh, you know, Tom, whatever you have there to clarify overall in terms of the roles and responsibilities, as well as the organizational structure and KPI, whatever comments you may have. Over to you. Sure. Thanks, Sam. Um, yeah. And I, I agree with what I heard from Chris, um, both what was explicit and some of what I think was implied. I might comment a little bit more on what was implied um, in some of what Chris said that I, I also agree with, but I'd like to make more. Um, but but just before launching into anything, I, I thought um, one thing that we probably want to avoid doing, uh, Sam and team, is getting dragged into an HR discussion uh, too much um, when trying to talk about these KPIs. And, okay. and again, there's inevitably a linkage between organization size, organization structure, uh, number of levels, spans of control, all of these classic HR descriptions of an organization um, and, and whatever might be unique in the IT shop itself within a company. Um, not every IT shop operates in the same way, um, has the same landscape, runs the same infrastructure, has the same security issues. So um, I, I don't wanna dive into that too much. I, I in, in thinking about this, I tended to think of it more as a question of layers, and Chris used the word hierarchy. Um, <clears throat> Whether you call somebody a CIO or a VP of IT or an EVP of IT or whatever, but there's a top level, typically single person, and then there's a cadre of staff reporting into that level. I'll call it level two. Oftentimes those are VPs. Sometimes they're directors. And sometimes in a smaller organization, that's it. You have those two levels and you get down to the people doing the day-to-day -day work. Um, but in large organizations, you might have a level three or even a level four. So it, it, it does depend on the company and the size of the organization. But I think of it in that structure. And then, you know, you, you, you can tweak KPIs to make them appropriate. You know, but what level of granularity do you need? If you're, if you're only a two level 
and then in the weeds versus a four level and then in the weeds, you know, you'll have different KPIs maybe for those middle levels. Um, so I think of it that way. And then I say, okay, and what are the differences in these levels? And I think of three things. Um, one is uh, how strategic or how operational the KPIs are at the different levels. Obviously, typically more strategic at the higher level and getting more operational at the lower levels, right? Number one. Number two, I think of scope. Obviously, it's a global role at the top, and typically it becomes less global or complete, let's say, uh, as you go down the levels. It might be broken out regionally. It might be broken out by technology. Um, there are different ways that different organizations handle that, right? Um, but scope narrows as you go down that those layers. And then the third thing uh, that I think about is the frequency of measurement in the KPI. Um, and at the highest levels, you're talking maybe monthly, certainly quarterly and annually, right? These are the things that we're tracking. You're looking for big trends, uh, significant shifts, um, and trying to drive big changes. Um, and as you go down the levels, you're getting into daily, sorry, uh, you know, monthly, weekly, and even daily uh, tracking. Um, and so the way that you define those KPIs and make them manageable, make them useful, will, will differ. So I think of those three aspects or elements as what distinguishes these KPIs as you go from the top level down. Um, and then, you know, Chris laid out a whole bunch of different ones, and, and some were granular and some were higher level. Um, some might be for the, the, the guys really at almost the lowest level uh, in the organization, um, the, the managers of small teams or the teams themselves tracking tickets for production support and maybe doing that on a daily or, or weekly basis at least, um, and making sure that they're not seeing a, a growing queue, right? Making sure that resolution times aren't stretching out. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I had goals and KPIs related to those goals as a CIO at Varian that had to do with things like um, the application landscape. Were we rationalizing the application landscape? Were we simplifying the world for not just IT, but for our customers, for the business users. Um, so there were very different KPIs, but I also think that there's a, not always, but there's often a hierarchy. So um, when we talk about customer SAT, Chris brought that up, um, we would do customer SAT surveys. And of course, they would be at a pretty granular level and be, you'd be able to roll them up. Um, you know, and, and I would have to speak to overall customer SAT. You know, I might have to distinguish between how is the CRM side of the house doing uh, versus the ERP side versus the infrastructure side versus the security side uh, and be, be conversant in some level of additional detail with the executive team um, or with my own team. But I wasn't diving down and looking at the most granular level. Um, but there were KPIs for those people working at those more granular levels. So those are a couple of the things that occur to me. Um, and maybe I'll pause there. Yeah, so amazing insights there. So I'm definitely want to uh, touch on some of the points that you mentioned, and I love the way you have laid this out. Obviously, you have a little structure uh, in the way you are approaching uh, this. Um, so obviously, one thing that I want to touch on is you started this commentary um, in calling out the HR title. So I don't know 
uh, in your experience if that is going to be because the HR titles are not going to be aligned just because they are sort of creating these fancy titles is because either they are trying to attract the talent or they are trying to design the compensation, whatever may be the issue, right? I mean, it may be an industry yeah. thing, right? I, I remember my brother uh, who was in finance, started working many, many years ago uh, for the banking industry. And yep. within like a year or two, he was a VP. And I said, wow, you got a big promotion. He said, no, no, everybody's a VP. So, you know, in, in, in the commercial banking industry, that was very yep. common, right? So the terms, you know, don't, necessarily mean the same thing as Chris already pointed out uh, in different industries. So uh, I, I like to think of it as layers and scope of responsibility. And Yeah, and banking is a very uh, interesting example that you mentioned, because in banking, typically they have the VPs that is sort of the level three in your hierarchy, Tom. Hmm. Okay. And then they have the director up top, to be completely honest. I mean, they, hmm. so their hierarchy differs. Okay. So you are not going to have executive vp and director typically that's the natural hierarchy in their case they have vp then director and then executives so mm -hmm. it's different the way they like to think but yeah you are right i mean for the most part for them they have like a million vps there and typically uh vps in my mind are going to have some sort of pnl responsibility and i think that's what you were trying to get to when you described Okay, level two, meaning you are segmenting that responsibility somehow overall from the scope perspective, from the frequency perspective. Uh, and I don't know, you know, how you are going to split those KPIs at that level. Uh, but be, uh, in your mind, I mean, that's what you're referring to, right, Tom? Yeah, um, I'll give you another example. One yeah, of these, one of the um, KPIs that uh, I found very powerful within our organization was the cost of IT per employee. Now. Lots of people will talk about that and come up with a number um, and it'll be fairly crude, perhaps. Um, and then you say, well, what do you even do with it? Um, so here's here's how we did it. We actually went through in a very rigorous exercise, uh, all the applications, all of the infrastructure elements, the cost of a PC, the cost of the peripherals. We, we allocated the cost of the network. We you know, we did everything, the cost of our staff. Um, and allocated that per head, right? And we said, okay, we're running at about $7,500 per head in our company. Um, and uh, uh, this was a $3.2 billion revenue company, Varian, pretty, pretty, you know, pretty large company. And, um, and we were, my budget was about $80 million, 70 something um, a couple of years ago. And, um, and I was able to break that down and say, okay, so this is how much Security is costing us per employee. This is how much infrastructure is costing us per employee. This is how much applications is costing us per employee. So now you VPs of these areas, that's your number. And we need to be figuring out ways of bringing that number down. And I'm owning the overall number. Now, Now the other thing that we figured out was that the incremental cost per employee was different. It was going to be a much more stair-stepped uh, kind of increase in network, for example or in data center costs and uh, and in a lot of security costs um, and even in some of the applications costs where we weren't paying uh, by user. Um, maybe we had site license in some cases, right? So um, the cost of adding an employee, we were able to say is only going to be $3,100 per employee. And we were able to show that we were actually becoming more and more efficient in terms of cost per employee, and we showed that on an annualized basis with every new hire. So we were we were making a case that we were running a very efficient shop, and it was continuing to get more efficient. We were measuring all of these things, and I was breaking it out 
by VP's area, if you will, um, across my team. And so that that was powerful at the executive level. That was powerful within my team. You know, people understood cost in a way that I haven't seen in a lot of organizations where it it was that clear and there was a clear chain of command as to you know who was responsible for trying to drive out cost. Thank you so much, Tom, for that. Um, see, now I'm going to move to you next. And obviously now you're wondering, you are going to bring that business perspective and um, <laughs> you must be like, okay, what the hell these guys do, IT people? <laughs> what is this organization all about, right? So yeah, so tell us overall in your experience what you have seen. And I think uh, you are going to bring a very interesting background because typically in my experience at least, and I don't know if you guys uh, share the same opinion or not, but for the most part, when you look at any of the manufacturing or industrial organization, they generally are not going to be as um, I would, as as much budget. I don't know. I mean, see, medical device companies may have eighty million dollar budget, uh, but I don't know if every single manufacturing company is going to have that much of budget. So, Chris, uh, you know, in your experience, uh, I don't even know if you have seen a VP of IT role in the organizations where you have been. If you have been. Uh, you know, then what was the role yeah. and what were their KPIs overall? Yeah, so I, you know, I really like uh, the framework that Tom had mentioned as well. And and the information that Cristiano shared ties neatly with some of the concepts that I was thinking. So I'll just kind of, uh, you know, regurgitate what what I'm thinking about, because I was really thinking that this is a leader of IT. So, you know, Obviously, Tom did a really good job explaining the differences, and we all said that it's going to depend on the size of the organization. But if we really just get down to the nuts and bolts of, does it matter you're the, the size, you are the leader of IT. And I kind of put their responsibility, so if we think about their role, into three buckets. Um, and I, again, I'm generalizing, but this is the way I think about it. You know, an IT leader is there to be a visionary. They are the person who has to have an understanding of the technology opportunities that are out there to bring to the business. And when there are discussions about IT projects or new opportunities, um, they are the ones that within their team or them themselves are going to do the research and the analysis to determine the benefits to the organization and have to build a business case to support why you would want to go in that direction. So I really think of that IT leader as, as, as bringing a vision and helping analyze what's best for the organization. And then I would say that there is this bucket of security, right? So in that security bucket, it's really ensuring that our systems are running as, as they should be, that we are not breaching uh, different security levels that we shouldn't be in, in how we are responding, how, we're, how are we monitoring our systems and applications to ensure that uh, as an organization, we are secure. So I think they own the responsibility of security. And I, I think that's a big component of their role. And then the last piece I, I had bucketed as budget. They own the budget. And you guys talked about it in the last conversation. It's the P&L portion of the IT infrastructure, right? So, and this is gonna be different across different organizations, but you've got, you know, you've got resources and tools. That's the way I think about it the most. So you have the human capital, and then you have all of the IT tools that you have to utilize. So if, if I were to summarize 
you know, just the roles and responsibilities of an IT leader, I put it into the three buckets. Then if I move into some of the KPIs then uh, associated with that leader, I'm thinking of the security of the systems is the number one KPI. Um, you know, protecting the IT systems from cyber threats and data breaches is paramount to safeguarding basically sensitive information in an organization and maintaining trust uh, with our customers um, and maybe our uh, our vendors as well, depending on the types of relationships there. So we have to have monitoring monitoring uh, uh, controls in place. And as Tom mentioned, there's a frequency for these different monitoring controls. And then we have to have a good process for how we respond. So um, and then compliance in the security area is going to be different depending on the level of security or the security you're trying to measure. Some of the things that come to mind for me are um, ISO uh, 27001. Obviously, we have to meet ISO standards, right? Um, GDPR, we have to meet the, the Euro, uh, the European standards for securing uh, privacy data and, and people's information. Uh, PCI DSS, which is your payment uh, uh, compliance on the data side for, uh, you know, payments and securing payments. Um, SOX, your Sarbanes-Oxley for financial reporting, right? So you can get into all of the different security areas within an organization that it, there might be an element of IT that has a responsibility to ensure these things. So that's one big KPI in my mind. It's almost the most important job of IT today uh, because we've heard the news and we know how, how big these challenges can get if those aren't met. Um, and then I would say another important KPI is system uptime. So depending on the system, this might be a system that the IT team, the IT team themselves is responsible for. Um, you know, when you're in a development company like Gen Alpha, we're responsible for the system uptime of our solution. When we are an IT leader in a manufacturing organization, we are operating on an ERP system that has to be, uh, you know, running and have system uptime and be available for people to use and it can't be broken. But we might have uh, work relationships with our vendors to support that type of activity, right? So system uptime uh, is a KPI I'm going uh, to throw out there. Um, you know, mean time to respond. Uh, I think, you know, a few of you guys have already touched on this, but I do think you know, less than four hours for anything critical is kind of an industry standard. Again, this is going to vary by industry, but if it's critical, you should be responding. Um, and you want to get to the root cause of any issues that you are having so you can prevent them in the future. So processes around that are really critical. Um, customer satisfaction rating. Again, this was talked about. Um, we have a five-star rating system that we measure ourselves against uh, according to issues that might come up. And then how you collect data on that rating is really important. IT expense versus budget, I think that goes back to the P&L. So what is your actual versus what you budgeted your spend? I, I do think IT leaders should be monitoring that <laughs> regularly so that they, you know, IT is one of the largest expenses. It's an expense that's growing in organizations today. So it has to be monitored closely. And then I would say return on your investments. So 
as that visionary leader who is implementing new technology solutions, uh, there is some assumption that this is going to bring you value in your organization. Hopefully you've calculated that value or you've put some goals against it. You want to make sure that you're getting that return on that investment. So again, depending on the project that projects that, that typically you are rolling out, you're going to want to have some measurement and hopefully get to a positive ROI. So that's the way I think about these things. And those are some of the critical ones that I had written down. Okay, so amazing insight there, uh, Christina, and I'm going to do uh, some follow-ups there. I'm going to make some comments, and then I'm going to, uh, you know, sense how you guys feel about it. Uh, they are going to be slightly more, uh, we might get into religious debate here in terms of how everybody feels, okay? Um, so especially around the budget, uh, Tom's point, you know, budget is a big deal. And I don't know how many organizations are going to be as formal as where he worked at, where IT, $80 million, especially in today's age, uh, where I don't know where IT sort of sets in the organization to be completely honest. IT and supply chain, they are going to be most cross-functional and they are not going to have any sort of identity inside the organization. It's hard, especially in the age of cloud. And the reason for that is because, you know, okay, marketing is fighting for their own IT. Okay, when they want to buy SaaS, and by the way, this all ties to your KPIs because, you know, if you cannot define your responsibilities clearly, nobody is going to own those KPIs. Okay, so you are going to say, hey, I'm a marketer. I want this e-commerce system, Gen Alpha, awesome system, I'm going to buy today, okay? And tomorrow I'm going to have problem with respect to security or whatever. Where is my IT leader? <laughs> then IT leader is going to say, you know what? Responsible for all of Okay, I didn't buy this, okay? So now I'm not going to own those KPIs. So I guess, I mean, the organizational structure as well as the KPIs, they all sort of tie together. You know, if you want to hold somebody accountable, for anything, you number one need to define their roles and responsibilities and the accountability. So I don't know, Chris, how you feel. Overall, what I'm calling out here is the way the industry is moving where, you know, every department, it's not just marketing e-commerce, it's everybody. You know, they are buying their own IT because they can buy now in the age of cloud. But then IT, I don't know where they are uh, overall. And if they don't have an identity in the organization, how are they going to own the KPIs? Chris, any, any follow-ups there by any chance? Yeah, I you know, I think... You're bringing up some valid points about current state, uh, right? And uh, I guess the question to the team is, what do you think are the best KPIs and what should organizations be doing versus what are they doing, right? And, and we could certainly have a debate about um, whether there is clear responsibility within organizations today. I think that's an area that's lacking and uh, needs to be improved. And hopefully what we're bringing to the discussion is an element of clarity so that people can think about how they are structuring. So uh, I do think that marketing should have the solutions that they need, and uh, but there probably is some support that is needed from your technology department, and therefore there has to be a clear roles and responsibilities of, of who's responsible for those things. So you have to have, and, and this is not uncommon in our projects, you know, you have multiple stakeholders, a part of an e-commerce rollout, right? So any digital commerce rollout, whether it's e-commerce or some other digital platform, uh, you're, you're going to have multiple stakeholders. You have to define within that stakeholder group who's responsible for what. Um, so our, are organizations there yet? The leading ones, I believe they are. 
Um, and but do I think a lot of organizations have to catch up? I mean, you said it earlier. People look around or somebody said it. There's one person in the IT org. And often that is not enough today. I, I will just tell you that IT is everywhere. It's going to be a part of our lives. In organization, it is not satisfactory to have one IT person. I, in, in most larger or, you know, just take a $20 million business or more, uh, that's not enough. Uh, that would be my comment. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much, Chris, for that. Um, uh, so, Cristiano, I'm coming to you, and I think, you know, we have a lot to discuss overall. I, I'm pretty sure you are going to have a lot of comments. Um, so first, IT overhead. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, first, if you want to, you know, share any comments over comments. and then No, have it's, it's fun to listen to the conjecture, the, the different points there. But, yeah, it is, you know, you look at IT and project management. Everybody should know that project management arose out of the IT space in organizations. Project management didn't exist. IT drove it because of the, the concern from executive management that they would trash this and we'd have downtime events. But if you think about what Chris was saying about, you know, your stakeholders and projects and marketing and sales, they're all constituents in the organization. And IT has to run projects for those different departments. Okay. Performance on projects, actual to budget. You're talking about P&L responsibility at a macro level, but still project performance. Even in my world, we have internal IT projects. We run them like projects and we have project managers run them. So there's a whole different component that's under that VP, but project performance, great commentary there. And you look at who they're servicing in the business. Now, Chris, you dove off on a great one. Security is a whole, and you think about the people that have been caught off guard and I could tell horror stories. We had somebody spun up a free as a free Azure subscription and somebody tunneled in and was blew it up and spun up and it was burning at 16000 a day on fraud. And we're like, hey, five days later, Microsoft calls us. But you go back to policy and, and security and policy. And, and whoa, how could you not have MFA? Perfect example. But if you think about security, and, and I've read some of these other KPIs. Here's a really interesting one I found. It's like phishing test success rate. So if you think about the executive level, hey, guys, we need to test our org for readiness. And if you think about driving metrics on your org's performance to substantiate your resilience to your customers and your vendors. So you think about that security piece that you talked about and having metrics that substantiate your ability to win business. You didn't mention CMMC. I deal with defense contractors. Whoa, raise the bar. We got a GCC high deployment with an ERP. Raise the bar. So security, to your point, is, is a huge one. But again, you think about orgs and like that, you're like, really? I should do a phishing test on my employees to see if they're ready, if they're trained well? That's a huge one. Who runs that? IT through HR? But but that's a perfect example as you just think about readiness for security and threats. And uh, you're right. The greatest exposure today is everybody's. But anyway, I, I don't know. I could I could rattle on. Sam, do you have some specific things you'd like me to respond to? Yeah, I guess you can probably respond to this comment. So I'm um, you know first going to read it, and then probably you can respond so that our listeners can follow along as well. By the way, this is coming from Anders Anders Green. Amazing guy. Follow him on LinkedIn. A N D E R S G R. Yeah, I've seen Anders before chiming in. So, you know, you go back to the... But you have to read the comment, uh, Chris, just one second, please. Uh, or if you are going to read it, then you can read it as well. It's I read it. You. Go ahead, read it. You want to uh, read it out loud? Go ahead. Okay. So, IT leaders bringing vision, it's such a tricky line for them to walk because part A is the technology itself, but then there is part B, which is the business case. A great IT leader, and in this particular case, we are talking about VP of IT, uh, I guess. You know, we have branded uh, him or her as IT leader now, uh, who can have one foot, uh, both sides of that fence in is a rare find. Um, Chris. You're right. 
Not everybody has the experience and the subject matter expertise to make those types of decisions. I mean, one of my complaints of people at the VP level is they're empty. Sometimes they don't have the relevance to make those. And so as you go back to that point, you're right, Andrew, not everybody is in those roles that can say, okay, I understand the technology and how do I build a business case to substantiate the use of it that's going to drive an ROI. And I think to your point, you need some financial, you need some operational experience, you need to understand some technology. And, and how does that change? It's like bringing in, I'm going to bring in a massive AP automation project. Well, how much money is that going to save? And how do you substantiate the business case to make that change in the organization? Or, for example, a cyber one. But it's a great point. And I think that even in the executive levels, you've got to rely on your subject matter expert. You do. And so there it is. Is the IT director or the VP, how much of that can he have personal hands-on experience to answer? Frankly, a lot of these people show up in management because they came from management. They didn't come from an applications background or an infrastructure background. I see CIOs that do end up in that role. I have one of my guys that was a, a, a ERP consultant. He's a CIO now. Okay. Does he know everything needs to know be a CIO? Not necessarily. But so who climbs in that role? But at the VP, I think they are going to be a lot more macro. It's a great comment. Um, I think they do need to rely on experts on their team to be able to make the decisions and build the business cases, quite frankly. Um, that's that's it. Because how do you write an ROI for an ERP project that's going to put $4.5 million? You're like, oh, where do I start? A lot of data to collect to substantiate current current state, cost, effort, time per transaction, future state, cost, time per transaction. Well, there's one line item that generates X. But, but again, the business case takes a lot of effort. And I don't think always, or it, they probably have somebody doing that for them. And it's my opinion. It's my opinion. Could not agree more. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, great insights. Uh, Tom, coming over to you, and I'm pretty sure you are going to have a lot of uh, different comments. Uh, I'll add some uh, colors there. Um, you can respond to that, you can respond to stories or, uh, you know, this comment. But overall, I guess, you know, one of the comments that you had made in the earlier comment, when you said, you know, scope, uh, level one, level two, and from the scope perspective, if I look at, okay, do we even have something called VP of IT? Because if you are segmenting this based on the scope, then you should have VP of security, VP of something, maybe not VP of IT. So I don't even know if that role exists as such. The other comment I'm going to make is, I, I think one of the comments that Anders is trying to make, I think Chris has that point as well. Uh, you know, one of the challenge that has always been there in the IT organization, that is going to be, okay, do you hire people who are going to have MBA, who are going to have very deep business background, but not as much IT, okay? Or do you grow your developers, you know, who are very, 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 very deep technically? Obviously, you need to retain them. They have like 5,000 jobs lined up yesterday, okay? They have no shortage of jobs. So how do you make sure that these guys are going to grow? But I mean, they are technically very sound but they might not have as, as much business expertise. So that is the, the traditional challenge that has always been there overall in the IT industry. So I don't know, you know, how do you sort of solve that uh, from the VP of IT perspective, you know, the KPI perspective, uh, organizational structure perspective, that's always going to be a challenge. So I don't know, Tom, uh, do you have any comments there? Yes. Uh, Too many things, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a number of things running through my head, but I'll, I'll try and be focused. Um, it, it does differ based on where someone may sit in the organization. The applications guys typically have a better grasp of business process than the infrastructure or maybe the security guys, right? So that is a little bit less of an issue. It still can be an issue, um, but it's a little bit less of an issue maybe on the application side of IT. Um, in fact, in my experience, frequently, not frequently maybe, but let's, let's just say uh, more often than you might expect, the applications IT people understand the business processes 
better than the business people because they understand the real integration and dependencies across all of these systems and how the data flows. And, and that gives them insights oftentimes that the business people aren't crystal clear on. Um, they don't understand the exceptions or, or uh, the, the reasons why some things have been designed the way they've been designed. So I've found on the application side, that's not as much of an issue, but, it, but still, um, it, it's easier to bring people in, um, I think, and get them trained up, even if they don't have great business process grasp um, and aren't immediately able to do the business case, because they're going to have to go through uh, a lot of workshops. They're going to have to work with the business team directly. They're going to have to understand the business process to be implemented in order to implement it. Um, so that's that's kind of one thought. On the infrastructure and security side, it's a different story. I think they tend to be more remote uh, from business process and from the business itself in many cases. Uh, they're more technical. Um, uh, and again, I don't mean it in a positive or negative way, just as a focus. Um, and I, I likened myself, I used to call myself when I was over at Varian and, and was the CIO there, I used to call myself uh, the chief marketing officer. I was a CIO and CMO. And I particularly worked with the infrastructure team. I, I always remember the, uh, the network lead um, and the infrastructure uh, VP um, uh, who reported to me, you know, those guys saying, well, we're going to re-architect the network and we're going to deliver a, a big benefit to the entire company. And I said, oh, wow, that's great. What will that benefit be? And they're like, well, uh, performance will be much better. And how will you demonstrate that? Um, what do you mean? How will you prove that performance will be better? And then they started, oh, well, uh, we could, we could uh, ping um, uh, a server or a device um, in different locations and kind of do a before and after. And I was like, well, you know, Here's here's my suggestion as a business person coming at this really more an applications person. Um, but I actually was a supply chain guy before IT, maybe kind of like Chris. I had a different life before I went into IT deep. Um, but I said, instead of pinging a device, why don't we ask the IT applications team to run Salesforce, to run SAP, to run Workday? Why don't we have them do a baseline and after you make your network changes, let's have them do another uh, performance test and let's measure this and let's get some sense of whether or not there really is an improvement from a user's perspective. And and when you talk about, you know, they, they were talking about how we're going to go from uh, one network architecture to another. We're going to make a triangular architecture. It's going to be it's going to have redundancy. Every site, every location will have, you know, a failover. Uh, option uh, in terms of a secondary line and uh, you know which we didn't have you know we had different classes of sites once upon a time and some of them you know the, the third tier didn't have uh, failover capability so we're going to introduce this globally um, and I said so and how how are people going to recognize that that's better well it, you know obvious by definition it's better so uh, how about this how about we measure maybe we have the data already let's go out and and go through the data and see how many uh, network outages we had, and uh, let's measure going forward how many we will have. Um, and again, a line may go down because of the failover. That failure is not an outage, right? So we have to also modify our definition of what an outage is. It's a user perception, not a technical definition of a line going down. Um, 
And let's let's actually start reporting on that. So again, to Andrew's point, right? People who are very technical aren't thinking often about the end user's experience and how these metrics that these KPIs, you know, we were introducing these as, as in a sense as new KPIs. Um, these are going to be applied to me, but they're going to be something that the business can grasp and appreciate. So we went on a big marketing campaign, make a long story short, we went on a big marketing campaign for this network project. And it was a, it was a huge success, um, but it was in part because we defined the metrics and, and, and established KPIs that we continue to measure going forward around outages with a revised definition um, and performance. Uh, we actually set up uh, a, a, a system to uh, do the um, uh, to, to um, run scripts so that we could actually on a regular basis, I think we were doing it maybe weekly, uh, we had a weekly set of scripts that would run uh, to actually give us the performance data uh, from an application layer. Uh, and we were able to continue to report on that with very little effort after we set up the scripts. So again, these were things that the infrastructure guys, they would never have thought about doing any of this. And, and we leaned on the IT applications guys for the, for the scripting of, of those applications um, and for the, uh, the, the baselining and so on and so forth. So it was, it was a huge success, but it was actually broader even than the infrastructure team. We, it was an IT success, but uh, it was a network project. So again, circling back, you know, Andrew's point is, is spot on. You know, if, if you don't have the business process or end user perspective in your IT organization, you can do things very well and be successful technically, and you will be forever underappreciated. Um, you need to figure out how to translate that. Um, and if the people don't know that, then it's somebody's job, the VP's job or the CIO's job, but it needs to be somebody's job to help them learn how to do that. So th those are my thoughts. Okay, some very interesting comments here. So I'm going to have just one uh, follow up there, uh, Tom, and that is based on a lot of different layers that you had. And that is going to be slightly um, to defend the IT guys as well. To be Yes, they could be perceived as, uh, you know, slightly more technical, but there are IT guys, you know, who are going to have deep business background, okay? Uh, sure. Like you, for example, you came from the business background and when you were IT, I'm not sure if you faced branding issue inside IT organization. And we face this a lot, okay? So companies come to us and these are very, very sharp, smart CIOs. And we are like, okay, why do you want to hire us? Uh, you know, what are we going to bring to the table? And they are telling us that, okay, one of the problems that we are running into is the branding problem. Business never takes us seriously. Mm -hmm. They are always going to say, you guys are IT, what do you know about business? Uh, you know, even though they might have deep business background. So Tom, I don't know if you have faced this, you know, uh, and when you're looking at VP of IT, these guys may have been VP of supply chain in the past. But when they are going to be IT, then organizations don't take them as seriously. So I don't know if you are going to have any follow-ups there uh, on this comment and, and any follow-ups, Sam? Uh, well, no, I mean, I think I think there's truth. There's an assumption that the IT guys won't be deep, whether they're applications, infrastructure, security, or project management, or policy, or whatever their role is, that they won't have that business process and business experience um, and uh, if they do, I, I think they should consciously try, you know, look for opportunities to um, to share and, you know, explain why they support a position that is not a technical reason. Right. But is but is also uh, good business sense. 
Um, so I, I, I'm not sure that fully answers your question, Sam, but I mean, I, I totally agree. There are many people who, who do have uh, the business process. And, and I have seen people who say, I want to hire somebody who's really knowledgeable in business process, but maybe not be super technical yeah. um, because this is a project management type role. This, you know, and, and so even the hiring process can be, can be uh, shaped a little bit around the nature of the role you're hiring for and what you want. But again, I think there's a baseline level of business process knowledge that's really powerful you know, that the infrastructure guys and security guys and not just the application guys ought to have. Um, it, it is to their benefit and to the organization's benefit when they can they can speak the language of the business. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for those insights, um, Chan. So, Christina, I'm coming over to you. I'm pretty sure you have a lot of comments that you want to share. Uh, so I'll, I'll pause my questions, I guess. Uh, do you already have a lot of comments, Christina? Well, I, I would say that um, I have heard, certainly heard that People enjoy working with IT people who have the business background. So the business acumen is something that I've definitely heard in many different situations. I've also noticed that IT often rolls up into finance. So they are, you know, the CFO or whoever is the leader of the financial aspect of the organization. Many of the the IT leaders are reporting up to there. And I think um, if you're trying to improve the leadership in your uh, your IT area as that financial leader, you should be giving those uh, IT leaders the opportunity to get the business uh, knowledge. I also think that IT leaders who go through a full ERP implementation and participate in the business decisions made across the different business areas when decisions are being made specifically in the ERP, that is a great way for them to get the business acumen as well. Um, and, and I guess I would also just agree that I think, um, you know, most IT people think in an agile way. So I think it was uh, Chris who had mentioned that project uh, management really came out of IT, and and I somewhat agree with that because of the whole agile infrastructure and thinking in iterative processes and having sprints and having releases and you know that concept has kind of come into our business uh, with having milestones, you know, making sure you've achieved a milestone, uh, making sure that things work or going back and fixing things, you know. So I think that. IT can bring a lot of good process into other areas of the business if they are given the opportunity. When we treat IT only as a help desk or a service desk, um, then you miss the opportunity as an organization to allow that IT to expand and be what some of the things that we're talking about here. And I would also just agree with the comments that there's so many different aspects of IT today. So you're going to have uh, people who can do certain things very well, and then you're going to have to hire companies that can do the things that you, you don't do well. And I think that's a growing trend as well. Your organization may not have the visionary leader. So who are you going to hire to help give the vision? You need, you're going to need a vision for those things. So if you look around your organization, and you're struggling to identify the right technologies that you need to help your business grow, then you better find a partner that can give you those uh, ideas. So 
Um, I'll just add those things. Yeah, so amazing. I'm just going to have one quick follow-up, Christina, for you, and that is going to be, uh, you know, IT getting rolled into finance, and that's very common. Uh, okay, and in this, in some cases, I mean, CFOs are trying to pretend that they are probably VP of IT, to be completely honest, okay? <laughs> and, uh, okay, and now that's a very interesting problem because uh, when you look at VP of IT, IT is very cross-functional in nature, and they are going to pretend that, you know what, I know everything. So now CFOs actually know marketing, CFOs know sales, they know operations, they know supply chain, they know pretty much everything. Okay, and that's a problem because, you know, how would CFOs feel, let's say, if marketing is actually going to do accounting or finance? I don't know about that, right? So, uh, Christina, any, any, any follow-up comments there by any chance on that? No, agree with you. Okay, Just amazing. <laughs> Uh, all right, amazing. So if you don't have anything else, then we can do the um, the closing advice, I guess, Cristiano. Uh, yeah, I, I think as you look at the metrics, focus on the ones that are going to make them in the organization and the, the profitability and the customer and employee experiences. It's an easy way to sift through those. And even in a large organization, because, you know, as you have large constituents, their satisfaction, their ability to perform, they're, they're really going to drive the success of the organization. Just make sure you prioritize correctly where you start to analyze and improve. Amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, Tom, quick uh, closing advice, please. Yeah, I'd like to just uh, reemphasize one of my last comments, and that is um, wherever possible, look to have your IT KPIs be meaningful to the rest of the organization. They will be vehicles for communication and for gaining respect as business partners if they're not so technical that the business doesn't even know what you're measuring. Um, so I, I strongly recommend that you look at making them comprehensible outside of IT too. Amazing. Thank you so much, Tom. Chris, closing up. Technology is everywhere. It's going to continue to be everywhere. If you're a leader of an organization, CEO, president, owner, you need a strong technology leader within your uh, within your company. And if you don't have it, you need to partner with one that can help you understand how to apply technology to your business. Could not agree more. Great advice. Uh, and that's it for today. If you joined for the first time, this was part of our digital transformation uh, for uh, which we meet every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We, I don't know whether we are going to have the show or not. So keep an eye on my LinkedIn profile um, on uh, that note. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in tonight. See you guys. You guys have a great evening. Take Thank care. Thank you Bye-bye. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Chris Garadini, head over to turnkeytech.com. It's T-U-R-N-K-E-Y-T-E-C.com. If you want to learn more about Christina Harrington, head over to genalpha.com. It's D-E-N-A-L-P-H-A.com. If you want to learn more about Tom Rodden, follow and connect with him on LinkedIn. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. 
For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.